0: The root cause of the strikes in France is that Macron uh, did not lift up his eyes. He did not consider the views or needs of others. He has made a decision on pensions for his own political ends and not for the benefit of all. And the nation and other political parties are not happy with his actions. And sometimes we have a wrong perspective as a congregation. We are focused only on ourselves and the needs of this congregation and we also need to hear these words of Jesus to lift up our eyes, to look beyond ourselves into our town and community, to look beyond ourselves to other countries and other continents at the problems there and at the work of the kingdom of God. And it is the aim of Synod that we will do just that in this week using this prayer list that's been given to us that we will think not only of our congregational needs but also of the needs of the church throughout the earth. But who were the people Jesus was calling on the disciples to look at and evangelize in this moment in John 4? They were their arch enemies, the Samaritans. The roots of the animosity between Jews and Samaritans went away back into the 8th century when the kingdom of Israel fell to the Assyrians. The people were taken away down to the land of Assyria. To repopulate the area, the Assyrians brought peoples from all over the world into the land of Palestine. And a mixed race of peoples ensued, which became known as the Samaritans. Then in the 6th century, when the Jews in Judah were taken away into Babylon, they spent 70 years there and then returned to the land of Palestine. They came to build the temple and the walls of Jerusalem. The Samaritans offered to help out the Jews in the south in Judah, and the Jews refused their help creating an animosity and a hatred which survived to the time of Jesus and far beyond that. The Jews considered the Samaritans impure in their worship and in their morality. And here Jesus is in the land of Samaria. Jews would often skirt around Samaria as they headed into Galilee. They avoided this region, this place. But Jesus has come to Samaria. He's sitting at the side of this well. He has engaged in conversation with this solitary figure who has come out at midday to avoid contact with her community. And Jesus is saying to the disciples, lift up your eyes. Look at these people with love and compassion and vision and tenderness. Here is a mission field before you, right in your presence. Don't despise them. Don't ignore them. Don't avoid them. Other groups like the Samaritans in our life, in our communities, in our workplaces... People whom we avoid, people whom we despise, people whom we find it hard to love. Yes, there are. Perhaps their morals, perhaps their color, perhaps their gender, perhaps their religion, perhaps their class makes it hard for us to love them. Jesus is saying to us, as he said to his disciples, you need to lift up your eyes with compassion and vision and courage, take the gospel to those on your very doorstep, within your family and in your community. And what's that like? What's that experience of evangelizing like? And Jesus, in this small paragraph pulls us into this metaphor of a harvest and teases out for us three principles about evangelism. Our evangelism is slow. Our evangelism is shared. And our evangelism is satisfying. On this day and in this week then, set aside by synod, for us to pray and think of evangelism globally, let us adopt these principles into our praying and into our experience as we serve God here. Our evangelism is slow. It's like sowing and reaping. Verse 35, Jesus says, There are yet four months to the harvest. It's December or January time in Sychar where Jesus is with his disciples. The saying was common among the farmers, among the locals, among the people. It was well known. There are yet four months to the harvest. It was said with hope. It was said with patience. It was said with eagerness. Four months and then... The harvest comes. The Jews divided and the Samaritans divided up the year into six periods of two months each. Seed time, winter, spring, harvest, summer, the extreme heat. And so there were four months between the end of the seed time and the beginning of the harvest time. There were two blocks in between. The seed being sown and the fields being reaped. And so the saying was, was common. It was, it was used. You say, verse 35, you say, this is a proverb, this is a common statement among the people. There are yet four months. And then the harvest comes. Growth would be slow. Growth cannot be hurried. Patience was required. Hope would have to survive these these days, these weeks, these months. Between the, the seed being buried and the crop being harvested. Our evangelism is slow. We sow today. We witness today. We plant the seed today. And then we wait and we pray. And we trust there will be a harvest. What an image, what a metaphor that helps us to keep hoping, to keep trusting that God will bless our witness. That's the ordinary, that's the common, that's the normal. But but Jesus says that in this moment in Samaria, something extraordinary is taking place. That's that this process of sowing and harvesting has been short-circuited, and the four months are not there. There's a collapsing of the sowing and the reaping into one. And sometimes God works in people's lives in extraordinary ways, and they believe the very first time, they hear the gospel. And so Jesus' statement in 4:35 is, "Do not say there are yet four months to the harvest because the harvest has already started. Verse 35, the fields are white for harvest. The Samaritans have just heard the gospel through this woman. This this woman has just heard the gospel through Jesus. And here people are already believing just in this moment, the first day they hear the gospel, this idea of sowing and then waiting for the harvest is not going on in this moment in Samaria. People are hearing and immediately they're believing. The phrase in verse 35, white for harvest, is a really interesting phrase and, and we understand that it cannot refer To the natural fields. Because Jesus is already saying. Naturally the seed has been sown in Samaria. And it will grow in four months time. That was what the people. The farmers understood. Was the process of the the tangible literal fields around Samaria. But Jesus here is speaking of the spiritual harvest. And he's saying there's no delay in this moment. Because the people, the hearers, they are white for harvest. They are ripe. They are ready to believe the gospel. And the image is deep. It's graphic. He's probably looking at the Samaritan people coming out of the city to hear his message clothed in their traditional white garments. And they're walking through the fields and along the laneways. And Jesus is is saying to his disciples, look at this crowd. Look at this multitude flocking to hear me, dressed in their white clothes. They're just like sheaves of corn who are white and ripe for the harvest. Lift up your eyes. And look at this people who, who naturally the Jews despise and have no time for. Yet here they are coming to hear the word of grace. Sometimes history has shown us that revivals within churches and congregations short-circuit this time of sowing and reaping. The biblical example, of course, is the day of Pentecost when the apostle Peter preached the gospel to unbelieving Jews. They, they they were not attending the christian church services they were not involved in small groups or one to one bible studies but in that moment of hearing the gospel they believed the gospel there was no lag there was no period between the sowing of the seed and the reaping of the seed momentarily they heard and they believed the gospel Sometimes, ordinarily, spiritual harvest is slow. We sow the seed, we wait, we pray. The Spirit brings a person under a period of conviction, perhaps for days or weeks or or months, and then they believe. And perhaps that's been our experience, that there was a lag between hearing the gospel for the first time in our home, in our church, and then believing perhaps when we were a little older. But other times, and this should be our prayer for our covenant children, that there will be no lag, no gap between them hearing the gospel and believing. But in the same moment they will hear And that they will believe, and that they will say to us when they come for membership in the church, there's never been a time in my life when I did not believe in Jesus Christ. And what about our community? Is it ready for harvest? What about Pound Street, John Street, South Street? Are there people there currently prepared by God to receive the gospel? We don't know. Maybe this year will be a time of sowing. Or maybe this year will be a time of sowing and reaping as we lift up our eyes and see all around us people need his grace. Our evangelism ordinarily is slow. There's often a lag between the sowing and the reaping as there is in harvest. But secondly, our evangelism is shared. Verse 37 and verse Number 38, Jesus uses another phrase, another common statement, one that, that we use in, in many situations. One sows, verse 37, and another reaps. One sows and another reaps. Our evangelism is shared. Sometimes it's a very different person who has sown the seed in the, the farm, farmer's field and the person who, who reaps in the field, perhaps there's a, a whole difference of range of skills required for sowing well and then for, for reaping well and so one sows and that's their skill and another reaps and that's their skill and Jesus applies this to the situation he's in in Samaria one has sown and another has reaped In this case, there were a range of sowers. John the Baptist was one person who had sown the good seed in Samaria. Chapter 3, verse 23 identifies John as working in Anan near to Salem within the vicinity of Samaria. He was close by to Samaria and his message, his word, the seed he sowed was, was in their hearts through his ministry. Jesus is a sower. He has sown the seed in the heart of this solitary woman who has come to the well. The woman herself is a sower. She has gone to the city and she has brought the word of the gospel to the people there. Here are three people sowing the message. John, Jesus, this woman from Samaria. They were speaking the gospel. They were telling of the Saviour. And then there is reaping. It's begun already. Verse 36 indicates the harvest has started. Jesus has spoken to this woman and she has believed. The woman has then gone to the city and spoken to the people of the city. And and they have believed. We read in the text. Verse number 39. And now Jesus is saying to the disciples, lift up your eyes. This is, a, this is a time of reaping. It started already, verse 36. People are receiving the harvest, the wages at this very moment in time and gathering fruit for eternal life. Our evangelism is shared. The reaper doesn't compete with the sower. They cooperate in this work and ministry together. The sowing is hard work, perhaps thankless work, wearisome work. The reaping is joyful work, completing work. And yet both are required, the sower to plant the seed and the harvester to bring in the crop. Our evangelism is shared work. One sows and another reaps. In our body, there are different roles for the members of our body. Our feet have a distinctive role. Our hands have a very different role. Our feet have a humble role of being near the ground, covered over by our shoes. Our hands are very visible and active and and able to do detailed and creative things. But both are absolutely necessary. So the sower and the reaper The humble, the hard, the wintry, cold job is difficult. The reaper with the joy and the sunshine and the warmth and the completion is wonderful. But both are required. One sows and another reaps. Then God's plan in your life, in our Sabbath school, in our congregation, within our community... Some people sow, some people reap. Some generations sow, some generations reap. Some ministers and elders sow, other ministers and elders reap. Our evangelism is shared. It was often the experience in the west of Scotland, that people coming from the Western Isles, young people going to university, would leave godly homes and congregations and head down to the big city and go off the rail for years, and then suddenly, someone would reap the harvest that had been sown by their godly parents decades before. One Sabbath school teacher an our congregation is sowing. Another Sabbath school teacher might reap. Parents might sow the seed of the gospel in their children's lives. A youth leader, 20 years later, might reap the seed that has been sown. But what is striking and challenging for us is that in in both works, the human element is included. We are strong on the human side of sowing the seeds, aren't we? On preaching, on Sabbath school teaching, on family worship, on Bible class, on personal devotions. We don't leave our children or our neighbours just to find our own way. We are interested in in teaching and communicating and witnessing God's word to others we recognize the importance of sowing the seed then our strong Calvinistic convictions we're also to recognize from this metaphor the importance of the human element in harvesting the seed That when a child in the Sabbath school comes to you and says I want to be saved. Or or your child comes to you and says I want to know Christ. You don't say to them well go off to your room then and pray by yourself. You open up the Bible. You take them to the important texts. And you lead them in a prayer of commitment to Jesus. One sows and another rapes. Our evangelism is shared. Our evangelism is often slow. And lastly, our evangelism is satisfying. Jesus describes his work here in Samaria as extremely satisfying. So much so that when the disciples who had gone to the local towns to to buy refreshments and and food for the the apostolic band come back and see that Jesus had been conversing with this woman for, for hours, they offered him food and he said, I have a satisfaction and a food that you know nothing about. Well, the food that they were offering was satisfying and and would help his, his body. He was speaking of that hunger that he had for God, to serve God, to please God, to do God's will that was in his soul. And this was being satisfied in that moment as he brought to this godless woman the message of grace and salvation. Because this is what evangelism is. It is satisfying to us. It is spiritual food. As we share the message of Christ with others, we are fulfilling the commission, the direction of God for our lives. That we who have the gospel are to take the gospel to other people. Jesus, in verse 36, uses the, the, the expanded analogy of the joy of harvest. Just as the reapers are filled with satisfaction and fulfillment in the time of harvest, so someone who has sown the gospel and brought the gospel and sees it grow will be incredibly satisfied with seeing the work of God in the lives of others. The farmer has sown the seed, watered the seed, Weeded the fields, the farmer has waited, the farmer has watched, the seed emerge, the seed rise, the crop ripen. Now comes the satisfaction, the joy of harvesting that crop. So Jesus has spoken to this solitary woman. He has analysed her life. He has brought her low in repentance. He has shown her the Messiah. He has watched as God's Spirit has worked in the life of this solitary woman. And that was food for Jesus. That was satisfaction in the depths of his soul. As he communicated the grace of God to her. Sowing the seed and now in that moment reaping the harvest. What a joy he had in this solitary individual entering the kingdom. We've been learning in our Wednesday evening studies about spiritual disciplines. Perhaps some were obvious to us, Bible intake, prayer. They're associated with growing as a Christian. But, But perhaps the one which has challenged us or stood out or seemed odd or unusual was this one of witnessing That this is a spiritual discipline to be adopted by us and refined by us and used by us. And as we do this, we will grow. This is food for our soul to satisfy us and to nourish us as servants of Jesus. Jesus says, I have food to eat. And that food was evangelism. Our evangelism. Slow. Our evangelism is shared. Our evangelism is satisfying. 438 Jesus says to the apostles, I sent you. That sending of those initial 12 apostles anticipates the sending of Jesus' disciples into all the earth, then this week we will pray for the spread of God's word as Christ church takes it to the ends of the earth. But this sowing and this reaping is not only mentioned in chapter 4, it's fundamentally mentioned In chapter 12 Jesus takes this analogy of the, the sowing of the seed and the harvest that follows and he applies it to himself and he says I am like a seed that will be buried in the ground. He's referring to his death and his burial. But from that burial will come life and salvation. And we go forward into this week and into the life of our congregation with this lifting up of our eyes to to see the needs around us in our community, in our workplace, in our family with this conviction that Jesus has died for sins and that through him, all who believe in him will have everlasting life. So we lift up our eyes We see people from our community in our church hall at Nosh and Natter. We see young people from our community in our CY on a Saturday evening. We also see people around us in the streets of our town who attend no church. Let us lift up our eyes. Let us see them the interested, the uninterested those beyond our congregation. And let us wonder, will we in 2023 be sowers only? Or will we, by God's blessing, be reapers also?